Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast taped on Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I am very interested to see what sort of uh, controversies arise out of this time out after our first ECW episode had Tommy Dreamer being gasp a virgin and this time out uh, or the last time out everybody just turning looking at the camera and saying actually fuck the NWA yeah this has been an eventful uh story arc if nothing else it's been wild as shit dude. as we return to ECW 1994 specifically the August the, excuse me, the October 4th, 1994 episode of Hardcore TV. Ooh. Oh, it's so fucking extreme. Uh, it, yeah. it is now officially extreme, extreme championship wrestling. Yeah, I still, I, I just really, really, really need to emphasize the fact that I'm still not over that they did an on-air shoot, uh, like, uh, shoot rejection of the NWA. They they rebuked the NWA live on air and it was it was real and they got like a quote from one of the NWA guys and it was it was real and mm-hmm. th- I still can't wrap my head around the fact they had the balls to do something like that. That is such an insane move and yeah, what? the fallout it must have been nuts. Oh yeah, it was the NWA again basically has became culturally irrelevant immediately again jesus that's hysterical Uh, so what has been going on in the last month of ecw tv since our last time here well it's been extremely filler of course it has god damn it yes so to be fair to them is i think that, that there might have been some real life circumstances that kind of caused this is that they announced early on there was going to be a big September 17th arena show for ECW. Not like a themed show that they would put out on VHS, like okay. Hardcore Heaven or Heat Wave, yeah. uh, but just a big arena show that they were kind of building to. And then because of renovations to the ECW arena, it had to be rescheduled to October the 1st. And so... This show is going to be dealing with the fallout of some of the stuff that happened on the October 1st, 1st Super Show, including kind of our big event of the evening, Tommy Dreamer versus the Sandman and the I Quit match was on that show. However, uh, storyline-wise, they basically kind of just sat and spun their wheels till they get to the extra couple of weeks. Why? Don't know, but they again, that's basically what happened is they set up the matches for September 17th and then it got moved back to October 1st. So they're just like, we're just gonna keep hyping the matches well, for October 1st. Yes, we'll die. <laughs> well, what can we do? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess filler is the best option there, but you could at least do like interesting filler. No, 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 no. Really. Not- you just became Extreme Championship Wrestling. How do you not come up with interesting filler to, to be all extreme? No. 
Uh, <laughs> no heart emoji. No, I got nothing. Yeah, no. God heart. damn it. Okay. No you were you weren't kidding when you said this is going to be a stupid short front half. Yeah. So this is a quick reminder to everybody what where what where we're at is that um I I I think I passively mentioned this last time, but this it was through these series of episodes they officially showed the match from the uh NWA show for the uh tag team titles mm-hmm. where public enemy after Terry Funk pulled out of the show for reasons I I don't really know I couldn't find, I couldn't see I couldn't really find out what happened there. Huh. Uh, Cactus Jack needed a partner. Tommy Dreamer stepped up. The Public Enemy put him through a table, and then so Mick Foley then uh, Cactus Jack, excuse me, uh, yes. gra- grabbed Mikey Whipwreck as his tag partner, and then they won the tag team titles from the Public Enemy. Wait. Oh my god, that's incredible. Wait, mm-hmm. Mick Foley and Mikey Whipwreck teamed up together? That is the most magical thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and so we've gotten a couple of promos of Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck together, and it's basically Cactus Jack being a lunatic and suggesting that they're basically going to die doing the d- doing crazy hardcore shit. And Rick's like, ah, sure, oh, I'm going to die. And then Cactus Jack going, but he likes it. He really likes it. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The, the, the There is nothing more beautiful in a partnership than the power of extreme coercion. Mm-hmm, pretty much. And the public <laughs> enemy are like, we are going to kill. We are now extra super mad that we're not tag champs anymore. We, we I, don't I, know I, how I to... Like- I feel like the public enemy keep just having these reasons to get increasingly incensed and they're just going to explode one day from sheer anger. Yeah. So they're, they're still hunting the tag titles from, um, uh, cactus and Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. Uh, Shane Douglas has, uh, Mr. Hughes is apparently not here anymore. He apparently doesn't work for ECW anymore because he hasn't shown up since the NWA show. So it's like, hmm. And instead, but don't worry, Shane Douglas has a replacement. Doink the Clown! No! No fucking way! He has grabbed Doink the Clown, and then he threw his gimmick away to show that this is that this shit don't fly around here. And now he has been redubbed as Born Again as a play on the fact that... Uh, Doink the Clown's real name is Matt Bourne. So okay. he's born again. He wears like half face paint and then and he comes out in like flannel. Okay, so a quick sidebar. I was informed by Daniel that Doink the, there have actually been multiple Doink the Clowns throughout history. There have been. Matt Bourne is the OG. Okay. And the best Doink. <laughs> why why have there been multiple was the, was doink because the matt born got fired or quit i don't remember which one it was and then they were like but, but wb was like we still want to do doink so we're gonna get we're just gonna <laughs> have somebody was else so essential doink. a character yeah they're like we're just gonna recast doink how about so that? are there it, when when did this Matt Bourne no longer being with WWE thing happen? Is this concurrent to Matt Bourne now being Doink or Born Again on ECW? They dumped they dumped Matt Bourne in 1993. 
as part of the character transition away from or doink the clown was originally an evil clown who likes i know that make kids cry and then post i want to say like wrestlemania in 1993 so that's like april he became like an unironic like baby face happy make the kids laugh clown okay and matt Bourne wasn't about that shit and so basically like after they cat cut matt Bourne and then replaced him that's when doink became like silly goofy child shenanigans ha huh. character okay matt and Bourne's the only one who's ever played him as like kind of a sadist and now and now he's back as like real doink or well first long enough for ecw to say get that doink shit out of here yes. now he's just a super serial dude okay um silver terry all you guys yeah yes amazing yeah so and then shane douglas he continues to talk his usual shit i mean i've you know what he's he's talking about here hmm i i wonder if what he's talking about could by any chance rhyme with brick brayer yep or uh bulk bogan also has stuff to say about that guy bulk bogan uh, I, I forget, did he have any uh um did he have any rants against Mandy Mavage? Uh no, it's uh, it's mostly Hogan and Flair. Ah, uh, I see, I see. And Two Cold Scorpio is still challenging for the for the title for the ECW for the ECW title. He's kind of just like, man, that shit with the NWA was whack. Anyway, I would like to, I guess I'd like <laughs> to try again. Too cold out here being like, oh no anyway anyway so that's still going on um dreamer and sandman i guess i'll save them for last because they're the focus of the episode um in the tv title picture it is still jason as the ecw tv champion and he coming out of uh the nwa title tournament he's got a new goon oh dean malenko is now aboard jason's is is posse what? dean malenko seems like a bit of a get for jason he what, is he's what, a bit of a can... get for ecw okay yes yeah okay yeah then even more so what the fuck conspired to make dean malenko a jason simp uh they were like what's a good way to bring in dean malenko and they said jason goon because it's kind of that was what they did with lower card heels in ecw in 94 as you stuck him with jason how the fuck do you wait how how do you classify dean malenko as like a uh, was he was he not big at this point i mean he's easily the best wrestler in ecw oh, but, but like he's, not he, he's never name. had any sort of major okay. this was his kind of his, he, this was kind of his first breakthrough before again as i've mentioned before wcw cruiserweight division in 96 is basically ecw mid-card in 94. fair enough so he's he's kind of this is kind of his first big break in in a way in wrestling so he's not there yet uh but he is being used to basically like his he is he is a shooter that is what they say on commentary that he is a shooter and he is basically but basically what him and Jason run a game a bit where Jason distracts the referee before the bell rings. Uh, Dean Malenko puts the guy in the, in like a dragon screw or otherwise just kind of fucks his leg up. And then the bell rings and Jason wins in like 30 seconds. Jesus. Okay. And uh, 
he is starting to get uh he is starting to get uh it is the tasmaniac is not he he ain't about this kind of injustice brother (laughs) him and malenko are set to cross paths eventually oh shit buddy that's also jason fired rock and rebel uh basically in a match rock and rebel tried to interfere to help chad austin beat chris benoit and he messed it up and chad austin lost and after the match jason kicked him out of the group for it so babyface ish turn for the rock and rebel who had no character besides being a goon for jason and he he did a face turn because he's a fucking loser you know what that sounds about yep. that sounds that sounds about right jason the the clearly the the smartest most talented most dignified wrestler in this entire roster he does not tolerate failure y'all no he doesn't uh, he he rules over the goons with an iron fist malenko beware yep and then uh Chris Benoit has been getting featured in matches a lot because he's also signed with ECW coming out of the NWA title tournament. It's the same thing as Malenko in that he is like the best wrestler here now automatically. Oh, God. So he's just like getting featured matches and he will probably start challenging for titles soon, relatively. But right now he doesn't really have a storyline going or anything. He's just showing up to win and show how awesome he is at wrestling. Was was uh was he big by this point at all? No, he's in the same spot as Malenko. Okay. Some international notoriety in like Japan, but in terms of America, no one knows who these guys are. Fair enough. Um all right, let's get to uh Sandman and Dreamer. Oh boy. Who, which is also not really progressed, but they are, you know, they're about to have an I quit match. Be, and as I think thematically works really well from where uh, the, they left off storyline wise, because in an I quit match, you win by making your opponent say verbally that they quit. It is the you it is no rules. You can do whatever you want. And but that's the only way to end the match. Gotta say, I feel like uh, character wise, thematically, Sandman's on a, a little bit of a back foot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dreamer's whole thing seems to be building up to never quitting, never backing down from the fight. Thank you, sir. May I have another? I'm still not over the fact that he fucking said that. Yeah, great. Great words. Beautiful. Uh, So Sandman got a promo with Woman, and Woman was basically like, you're not going to quit, are you? You better not quit. You better not quit. (laughs) You know what? At this point, I almost feel like Woman should... Look, I I know know it's, it's... U.S. wrestling in the year of our Lord, 1994. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like woman should really be the one going up to bat in ring for this. She seems to have far more of an investment in this rivalry than Sandman ever fucking does. Yeah. Sandman just kind of over here, like begrudgingly being like, Ugh, "Yes, dear." Whereas yeah, woman's does, like, "Get him, get him, fucking get him." He does. He does, re- he does repeat his line with Dreamer of like, "You see what I gotta deal with here, Dreamer?" I don't. I don't understand what. <laughs> Why is one of our top heels right now portrayed as just a pussy-whipped dumbass? Because <laughs> that's extreme. That's extreme. That's extreme. It's extremely boomer to be like, I hate my wife. That's what's fucking extreme about it. Uh, <laughs> I, damn, we're, we got we got some extremities for everybody around around ECW, baby. Do yes. you extremely hate women? Well, <laughs> have we well. got the- 
Have we got plenty of storylines for you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Sandman's so cucked. Anyway, and Tommy Dreamer gets a promo where first, where it's he mostly does his rah rah like I'm never gonna quit. You should see what horrors I'm gonna do to Sandman to make him quit. And I might even kiss him. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which he also, speaking of kissing, oh, he, no. he addresses this consistent character thing he keeps doing where he kisses woman consistent against her will. And no, and I hate to bring out the old noted baby face card, but I feel like I have to bring it out for this because he basically says, like, I don't know what woman expected was going to happen. She kept getting in my face. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> noted no understander of sexual politics. Tommy Dreamer d d just thinks that she's asking for it. Yeah, she's asking for it by standing there. Why? Why? No, I don't think Ric Flair had any agency in the harassment of flight attendants. Why do you ask? I mean, they, it was their fault for existing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, wh whipping your dick out or on the helicopter, on the, he on the, on the airplane. That's just fun. That's just fun shenanigans. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. They were in the way of Ric Flair's cock, dude. It's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is just very only in 1994. Can we make this the baby face trait? I don't think it was only in the year 1994, Austin. Okay, well, it wouldn't work now, is my point. Uh, maybe it's, maybe you pop over to somewhere like CYN, it might still fly. <laughs> I'm just controlling my narrative by forcing myself on women. So <laughs> I'm controlling my narrative by pretending like CYN doesn't fucking exist. Hey, hey, whoa, I'm man, whoa. <laughs> What do you do when you control? Well, what, how do you control your narrative when your narrative is that CYN doesn't exist? <laughs> it's, the, it's it's the ultimate paradox. We're ripping a hole in space time itself. Yes. Oh fucking! Oh god. Anyway. Anyway. So Dreamer and Sandman gonna have an I Quit match. That is the big match on tonight's show. Exciting uh, stuff. So that does set up everything uh for tonight uh if you would again is the october 4th 1994 episode of hardcore tv if you would like to watch along with us there is peacock it is on wwe's uh streaming service however uh we have been watching ecw redubs that redub in the original music because they use because ecw uses a bunch of licensed music that they mm -hmm. didn't license and it also it doesn't take too kindly to that yeah weirdly they edited that part out mm. WWE edited that out i don't know why put in like elevator music yeah whatever generic music they had on hand god i think the big thing i think they, i think they do are like guys who are in wwe they always use their wwe music okay well that's fair at least which is fine i guess but probably the best option among many bad options yeah, better than the fucking elevator music we heard in the in the um the WCW episode from What's His Nuts. Oh yeah, from uh, Ernest the Cat Miller with his bad 
fake James Brown, which was his theme was already kind of fake James Brown. Jesus Christ. It was so I that that will always be burned into my brain of just like it felt like I was listening to I, I don't know, but it but it, it 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 killed several brain cells having to listen to that really bad elevator James Brown knockoff at home music. Mhm. But yes, if you'd like to not listen to uh man uh Allison Chains at home, then <laughs> Then EC, if you Google, you know, the ECW restoration project, ECW redubs, it's all in the internet archives. Basically, they have redubbed the entirety of hardcore TV in its existence and most of ECW's major shows, pretty much all of them that exist on home video release. Be sure to check it out. It's a good show. Yeah. So we will be back in the back half to discuss hardcore TV uh, for October 4th, 1994. And we are back. Uh, we have just finished uh, the October 4th, 1994 episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Main event by Tommy Dreamer versus the Sandman in an I Quit match. And on this most esteemed episode of ECW Hardcore TV, we had a bit of a who a mystery set up for us from, from the get-go. We did. So, yeah, so let's just go ahead and get started from the forward on to go ahead and talk about it is that it starts with Joey Styles outside in the hospital outside of the yeah. local Philadelphia hospital claiming that you know tonight somebody finally went extreme to the extreme cut to the intro yeah uh and 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 that that's 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 where we are i speaking of the intro something i have to point out off the bat about this that was kind of cracking me up is you know, now that we're extreme championship wrestling, they have a voiceover atop the intro going, this is extreme. And I have to say kind of a weirdly tame yell to start to like open up your show. That's now extreme to be like, it, it was like, it, it was like a yell, but like it, it lacked this grit. And it, it was like this weird open mouth, like this is extreme. And I was just sitting there like, is it? Is, is it really? It I don't know if I'm down extreme, but I, I I don't know if I'm entirely convinced. I need I need arguments. Uh, apparently, yeah. the argument is that someone went to the fucking hospital. But again, we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. You know, the intro video is now just a bunch of clips of the of the heart of the whack of the craziest shit that happens on ECW with the uh, Thunder Kiss sixty five as the uh, theme song because Rob Zombie is very extreme. I mean, to be fair, that one's a pretty fair assessment. Rob Zombie's a pretty fucking uh, wild guy from everything I, I know about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tommy is basically, uh, Joey Styles promises that we'll have updates throughout the night, but he's not allowed in the hospital. You know, yeah. so he's, he's got a report out here, but all the wrestlers are at the hospital. Oh, also the- one more th- one more thing from the intro uh, to correct to correct a bit of information from our front half. Apparently, Mister Hughes actually still exists. Question mark. Yeah, I I kind of thought he he didn't, but I guess he kind of does, and that's weird. to Think about. I was like, it's like yeah, where so, he been? So, Where's he been? So, he hasn't been with he hasn't been with Shane Douglas in three weeks. So he just got fucking canned by Shane Douglas in in, in favor of Doink the Clown. That, that one's I, wanna, I don't hurt. think that says anything good about Mr. Hughes's capabilities. That, that, that Shane Douglas will take Doink the Clown. 
over him. Oh, sorry, not Doink the Clown, Born Again. Yeah, I'm sad he wasn't on this episode so we could talk more about Born Again. Oh my god. I I can just imagine Mr. Hughes being like, Doink got this one over me. Ooh, oh that one hurts. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to live with that one for a while. Yeah, you have to really (laughs) think think about his life for about that one. (laughs) (laughs) He's like he's like, man, where do I where the fuck do I even go from here? Yeah. Do I just die? Yeah. Uh, so we cut straight away to the first match of the show, which is an ECW television championship match between Hack Myers and what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man, Jason. Indeed, indeed. And the shooter Malenko is over here to be Jason's personal simp, as yes. as you do, doing his best pre-Alberto Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio cosplay. As yeah, I, he's as got, I you got, you got the, you got the towel over here. Yeah, sure, his it's, neck, it's like, not quite a silk scarf, but you get the gist, you know. Like a real shooter. Yeah, he's yeah. A real fighter. Uh, so he doesn't interfere at the start, and they explain why is that Todd Gordon after weeks of Dean Malenko doing this, is like, actually sat down and said, hey, dude, how about you stop? Yeah, Todd Gordon is literally like, if like you keep interfering, and if you interfere anymore, you are banned the fuck from ringside. And Todd Gordon uh, and, and his periphery continue to say, this is the extreme company, except please don't break the rules, please. We are, we're very serious hey. and dignified. It's extremely against the rules. <laughs> it's, it's, I am extremely disappointed in you, Dean Malenko. And, <laughs> and you will, and you will get an extreme timeout if you, if you break the rules again, brother. I do respect an authority figure that actually cuts down on heel cheating bullshit. Because I do too. most wrestler, most wrestling authority figures do not attempt to fix they, it. Do not give a shit, but I find it deeply funny that it's Todd Gordon, the president of Extreme Championship Wrestling. The one that's supposed to be like lawless and gritty is the one that has the guys being like, now, now don't, don't, don't you do that. Don't, don't let me, don't, don't, I, I see right. Don't, don't, hey, don't do it. Hey, don't fucking you. do it. Extreme, except you follow the motherfucking rules, pal. God damn right you do. Uh, so Jason and Dean ostensibly agree to this, but then also Jason whispers to Dean Malenko, so you know, they're yeah. not gonna. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Anyway, the ma- hacker, Hack Myers, and Jason yes. have a match. They- uh, admittedly, the crowd is super into Hack Myers beating Jason his ass so wow shocker the 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 strong man beating up the prissy boy gets is is over as hell in the yeah. 90s whoa whoa at one point yes at one point uh he uh um uh joey styles calls hack myers the hacker yeah myers is about to be over here on fucking hacktyper.net going like i'm i'm breaking in boys i'm in also i really appreciate so jason has like a rose in a in like a little like plastic wrap yeah yeah that he's brought with him to the ring and at one point hack myers just grabs the grabs the rose and is like fuck this flower yeet and just and just chucks it the fuck out of the ring which is very rude because those flowers were clearly for jason well now they're for the audience all right i i'm 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 here for the 
the fuck you know some people say fuck them kids i say fuck them flowers all right get rid of them every every last one what what, what do you what do you what do you think this is some kind of flower show this ain't, this ain't you, the, had, this ain't, you had a bit and you hey hey what you no no wait wait wait, wait wait i can do a reference here what do you think this is uh brutus beefcakes talk show ah because he, he had, had the, the barbershop at adrian adonis had the flower shop. god damn it no fuck i got my dudes mixed up shit yep. fuck no. beefcake beefcake had the barbershop no you know what i meant i did God damn it! I was I was really proud of that one. You okay. a for effort, a for yay. Uh, and just like Hack Myers says, "Fuck this flower," Malenko shockingly says, "Fuck the rules." Yeah. Well, uh, first I would like to point out that Hack Myers and Jason are wearing the exact same pants. Are they? <laughs> I mean, they have the same like gray patterned pants on. Damn, that must be why they're beefing. They, you know, they showed up. They showed up in the same thing, and they're it's like, "It's a fashion no, faux pas known throughout the world." True, and I mean, what better way to settle said fashion faux pas than in the ring? I mean, as we have established, there's nothing you can't solve with a match within the ring. That's true. how all true. things are settled. All things uh, are become better when when you fight them out in the ring. This is true. Many people are saying this. Yep. Uh, but yes, but yes, at one point, uh, Jason distracts the referee, and Dane Malenko chokes Hack Myers with his towel, yeah. and that is enough to pin Hack Myers. He doesn't even get hit with another move. He just gets he choked just, out he, with a towel, and he's like, all right, goodbye. And Joey Styles comes on commentary to say, you can bet that's the last time the shooter is going to be in the corner of Jason, and I could just hear the narrator in the background this is most likely not the last time the shooter is going to be in the corner of Jason. Narrator, it wasn't. It was not. It was not, in fact, the last time. Yeah, um, but we, we're not going to get any. Joey Styles, Joey Styles joining uh, his boss on the, I know this is extreme, but you still got to follow the goddamn rules, pal, train. Uh-huh, Plus, okay. he also hates Jason, so... This is true. Joey Styles just has those fucking personal vendettas that that he he makes very apparent. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. I I, I love I love announcers just having like personal. That's my favorite type of like announcer editorializing is like you know they're giving good match analysis, but they also just take time to have their just like pet fucking arch rivals and and, and just just hate some people out of complete spite. Like those no comment intelligently on their matches yeah like god i fucking hate that guy like also though jason he fuck him i hope i I will pay somebody to beat him up (laughs) yeah styles styles really not a fan but but either way yeah yep and then uh this is a very light episode for promos because a lot of promos are just joey styles giving status updates to kind of reiterate the mystery aspect yes yes so in terms of actual content oh there's a lot of ads too yeah, there's also a very light episode for local ads, which I will say on one hand, they're like advertising cards, which I don't think I've seen them do up to this point, which, you know, cool progress in legitimizing your wrestling company. That said, bring where the fuck are my goddamn weird and silly and dumb entertaining uh, the, the local ads that, like, that are, for me, that it's are, half the fun of watching old ECW this way, at this point. No, he's got to see the same thing. like. 
Ah, uh, this is tonight's card. Oh, this is next week's card. Yeah, oh, they got the, yeah, they're advertising like ECW for upcoming local events, and they're Shut advertising. Up. I don't want ECW in my hometown. I don't want it in any hometown. I don't want it in any hometown unless that hometown is showing their fucking local ads on your TV show. Yeah, fuck out of here. We only got one W Carver W Reed ad at the very end of the show. I know. Uh, we did. I will say we did get a Heatwave '94 VHS um, uh, ad, and the announcer was that Styles who was announcing for that. Yeah, Styles does all yeah. the voices. Yeah, it, for that. yeah, it was it was Styles who was announcing for for that ad. And I gotta say, Styles is just like screaming throughout this entire ad. He's like, "Heatwave '94, the most, the, the biggest, baddest, most bodies that you ever gotten. Uh, you can have it on home video right now." I feel like that was the energy we needed for the "This is Extreme" uh, uh, thing at the beginning of the intro, and then we needed the "This is Extreme" guy to be the one advertising Heatwave '94, so I could like understand half of the what the fuck he was actually saying. <laughs> Because uh, it, it feels probably to be like, Heatwave 94, come get the baddest, most bloodiest, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, have, this is extreme in, in the <laughs> intro. But I think, I think they just, like, kind of mixed up their scripts at some point. Uh, like, like the two the two voiceover artists, and nobody wanted to say anything. They were just too No, nope, we couldn't afford another take, so we're just going to have to <laughs> oh, go No, it. you know what? That's what I, this is, who, who am I kidding? This is ECW. The problem is they couldn't afford another fucking take. They go to they go to uh uh they 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 go to 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 Paul um and um they're like they're like hey uh can we get uh can we get another take of that he's like oh yeah oh uh, yeah totally I'll, I'll I'll line that up right now and then he just he goes to fucking Todd Gordon he's like send that shit to air right now <laughs> we're gonna air this we're gonna we're gonna air fuck. Yes. But yeah, anyway. In terms of actual content, we can just move right on to match two, uh, where Dean Malenko, after we do get a lengthy video package that replays uh, Dean Malenko and the Tasmaniacs fight from the week prior. Yeah, uh, and, and we just see Taz, like, yeeting Malenko. Like, the, like Styles is losing his shit because... Because Taz broke a submission hold that Malenko got on him and then reversed it for his own submission that Malenko could not just fucking bring. And Jason is over here, you know, now interfering on Malenko's behalf. And I found it really funny because we just get Jason, like, coming up and just, like, kicking Taz. This is the best he can accomplish. Taz looks completely the fuck unaffected. Just like this ineffectual kicking his Taz, like what the fuck are you doing? I'm just, I'm just, I'm hurting your boy. This is, this is, this is doing nothing. Stop embarrassing yourself. And I have to wonder, ineffectual kicks on your enemy. Uh, I have to wonder. Maybe this is why Taz hates Orange Cassidy so much. Like he sees Orange Cassidy's like like fake kick spots nowadays, and he just gets like war flashbacks to Jason trying to like kick him on Dean Malenko's behalf. He's like, ah. Uh, ineffectual kicking, my least favorite thing. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that fucking. It's it's all a projection. He's like he he's he's on AEW commentary going, oh that 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 fucking Orange Cassidy. I fucking hate that guy. And just like in the back of his mind, he's sobbing, just remembering the disrespect that Jason showed to him. He's like, why did he have all, to do that? To all me? he can see is Jason. All he can see is just poor my poor broken boy. Yes, but so yeah, but Taz mostly kicks Malenko's ass yeah. until um, the locker room uh, empties out to pu- pull these two apart. 
while yeah. Joey Styles. Oh, wait, is not yet. No, that, that's. I don't think that's. No, they do that I, both times. I, I think they, they do, do that. Pretty sure they do it both times. I think sure. they do only the one. No, I'm pretty sure they do both times this that we see it. Oh, I don't know. But eventually, the fighting, we move to Malenko's match, where uh, he is fighting two of the dudes who helped fight them off last week. Don E. Allen and Dino Sendoff. Mm, yes, I totally remember who those are. Despite being a two- all. Yeah, be, be, despite being a two-on-one handicap match, Dean Malenko kicks both of their jobber asses in, like, two minutes. Yeah, that was a squash and a half, dude. It was hysterical. The only note I made on it is that Dean Malenko pinned Don Al- Donnie Allen while Dino Sendoff was just watching him do it. Like, I know! Because he was leaning against the ropes and just hey. watches Malenko pin his team, his partner. He's... These are men of class, Austin. They understand that the rules are extremely important. Except it's a two-on-one handicap match. It wouldn't have been against the rules for him to do that. Break up the pin. So he's really just lazy or dumb. <laughs> Probably both. No, I, 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 I think I think it's classy. Personally, he's he's showing that rascal Malenko how it's truly done, <laughs> and he's getting the moral victory. <laughs> Really, the I think the only upside of this match is that we, in what little time we do get to it, is Joey Styles does uses this opportunity to put over Dean Malenko. Is like you only see these kind of handicapped squashes with like big giant dudes, not guys yeah. the size of Malenko. He's but he's just that dangerous. It was it was a nice little touch to get Malenko a little bit over. I did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But then Taz um, shows up. Well, yeah, but well, first, Malenko, he, oh. he whoops on Donnie Allen, throws him out of the ring, yep. and then he grabs Dino Sendoff, and he's like, I'm going to kick your ass some more, too, actually. And <laughs> then out comes Taz, because Jason was on the apron while this was happening, yelling for Taz to come out, and oops, here comes Taz. Hmm, funny how that works. You 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 call the guy out and he responds. What? Shocked Pikachu face from Jason. Yeah, Taz actually showed up. Hashtag Shockachu. Yeah, so we get we get Malenko versus Tasmaniac 2 on the spot. And all the wrestlers storm the ring again. Um but not and, before Taz absolutely beats Malenko's D- D- yeah, ass. He just clicks them all over the place. Taz is kind of fucking annihilated. But yeah, but then the entire locker room. And Joey Styles seems very surprised and excited by this locker room emptying. And he clearly thinks it's a very unique happenstance. And he's like, Oh, you don't see this this is this kind of stuff on on, on I haven't seen this kind of stuff on a, on any pay-per-view in the last two years. And I'm like, yeah, but it's on your normal TV show all the fucking time. What are you talking about? Yeah, and he's, he's like, like try, he's he's trying to hype this up as like soup a super violent, extreme moment, which that's a bit of oversight. This was literally like we we saw like we saw a bigger locker room empty out as the very first fucking clip we watched of all of ECW when we did our first episode of this arc. What are you talking about, mm-hmm. Joey? Uh but no, Joey's like, this is hardcore. This is extreme. Um, which, so the, the barometer here for what is hardcore and extreme, uh, the, the locker room partially emptying to break up a fight between Dean Malenko and Taz. This is hardcore. This is extreme. This is wrestling. The Tommy dreamers kink scene and Dean Malenko, like breaking the rules a little bit. This is fucking disgusting. What? How could you, how could you disrespect the dignified art of wrestling like this? That's a, the, 
the the barometer here. I think I, I me thinks it's a it's a wee bit off. Even in ECW, if you're a babyface, they let you do you it. You can get away with anything. And if and, you're a heel, you can get away with exactly Zippo. Mm-hmm. But Joey Styles really wants these two to fight. The crowd is chanting, let them fight like a Godzilla 2014 clip. Oh, my God. Let them Fucking fight. hell. Oh, no. Uh, but eventually, the locker room is able to separate these two, and they, they escort Dean Malenko away. So Taz is still in the ring, and he's he's kind of mad. He, he's pacing around the ring. He's throwing chairs around. He runs into Pro Wrestling Illustrated's photographer and, like, tries to kick that guy's ass because he's just so frustrated. He needs to hit somebody. Yeah, I, which I was like, why? And Joey Styles was like, man, that's really bad people. Yeah, it sucks Thank for him, you, I guess. Uh, so Taz chases the PWI uh, photographer around the ring and almost catches him. But before he can get his hands on him, Dean Malenko is back out here to continue the brawl. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a fucking Benny Hill thing where like where Taz starts beating up on Joey Styles, uh, and then. Then the locker room, or not Joey Styles, on on Dean Malenko. The locker room empties out. They pull, they pull Malenko back, and then Taz like, "Fuck, fuck, who else can I hurt?" And then he sees the pro wrestling illustrated guy, and for some reason, it's like, "Yeah, sh- yeah, why not you?" Sure, I, I get, I get. Maybe maybe he thought he was being photographed on flattering angles. I don't know. Maybe he had a real bone to pick with this guy's with this guy's like composition, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. then and 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 then he chases him around the fucking ring. Real photographer then, Jones over here, but I digress. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Malenko's back, and and then the rest of the locker room with him to follow. It's like a fucking Penny Hill skid up in here. It's great. Just speed it up and put some funny music to it. I actually, I unironically think that would fit really well with the Benny Hill music. It was like this hilarious cartoony back and forth and like chase scene. It's so dumb. I love it. Probably could be, but eventually the locker room comes back out to separate them for realsies this time. Yeah. As the fighting continues. And then we are back with Joey Styles at the hospital. He makes even kind of clearly like says that this is a result of the I quit match from the, our main event, which is Shocker. a remind as a reminder, this was this these this match happened October the first, a few days prior, uh, at their big arena show that we talked about in the front half. And so but he's talking about like all the all the wrestlers are here. And this was a big. Uh, he, we, the video's queued up, so let's let's just go. Yeah. And to, like Tommy Dreamer's first words are, "Yeah, I'm afraid of death." I will say uh, before before we get into that, we had another either set of ads or another like promo or something. Um, I I can't remember exactly what it was for, but I just have a note from between the 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 Taz Malenko thing and this of. Um, what happens when nine one one gets in a bad mood? Uh, oh yeah, that's they they would do that for the hostile city, sh- hostile city showdown ninety four show. Yeah, and what? Uh, yeah, when he gets in a bad mood, he choke slams Todd Gordon. Yeah, yeah, I was I let literally my note. What happens when nine one one gets in a bad mood? Gee, could it possibly be that he choke slams a motherfucker? Oh look, he's choke slamming a motherfucker. Really, he does that in any kind of mood. I was gonna say this is like one of those shirts 
that that takes like it's like the mood shirts that has a whole bunch of like different moods but but it's got a, a famously like stoic or faceless character and it just shows the same thing for every mood like it's Coming like the, I think, i've seen like darth vader and like maybe dwight Schrute on shirts like these and it's like happy darth vader mass sad darth vader mass angry darth vader mass sleepy darth vader this is this is that except it's it's just 911 choke slamming someone every time uh, i need that you, on a shirt i think coming to you on a facebook ad in the near future oh god oh no the 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 facebook bots are listening right now and i'm gonna see this exact shirt on a targeted ad in a week or two oh no oh, oh dear geez, oh god. so mass, yes tommy dreamer is uh cutting a promo he's taping his, his wrists up for the match later and he's like yeah i'm afraid of death and then proceeds to say that's the only thing he's afraid of yeah and he's not afraid of the sandman he's not afraid of an i quit match and he's not afraid of Sandman, and he's not gonna quit. You're gonna have to kill me, is what he's. You're gonna says. have to carry me out in a body bag. And something that you pointed out, Austin, I thought that I thought was brilliant. Is this a loophole? Is 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 Tommy Dreamer trying to like like trick Sandman into murdering him because that way he will never be able to technically lose the I quit match? You can't quit if you're dead. You can't say I quit if you're fucking dead. I would love to see that be the case. Oh, I, you know, I don't wish anybody dead, but I would love to see that be the case for the fact that I, I then want to see Sandman followed around for the rest of his life being like, so Sandman, how's that I quit match going? Hey, hey, Sandman, how's that? How's that? Goddamn hey, do I you quit, quit yet? Hey, 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 have you, have you quit yet? And like, he's just getting increasingly mad. And just one day he has a fucking mental break. He's like, fine, I fucking quit. And then at that point, the corpse of like you quit Tommy you Dreamer quit you quit cut to Tommy you quit cut to the to the uh you quit cut to the cemetery where Tommy Dreamer is buried and just, he's like, yeah and you just see a fucking ref like corpse man shoot out yeah like <laughs> and the ref comes over and is like yeah winner raises his hand yeah <laughs> yeah I think I, I just think that'd be lovely I why I, didn't I Lucha Underground that. ever do that that clearly would be a, a great idea. They're not they're not afraid to kill people, man. You know, I, I think that'd be I think that'd be a great spot, personally. Mm -hmm. Pure hot high art is what we're all about here on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Nothing crass, nothing over the top and dumb, pure, well thought out art. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying, baby. Yeah. So after Tommy Dreamer kind of gives his like rah-rah, I fought so hard to get these people to like me. I'm not gonna quit. Mm -hmm. And now we get to the woman and the sandman. The Lenny Kravitz music starts, and they yeah. do a replay of the end of the um, uh, Singapore Kane bit. I uh, got they got their Windows Movie Maker effects. Yeah, out here because they they do a video effect that makes it look like a, a film reel. Mm -hmm. And eventually, we cut to Woman and Sandman, and Woman cuts a whole promo that is a lot of what I was talking about in the front half of her being like, you're not going to quit. You know that, right? You can't quit. Nobody quits on me. Nobody. Yeah, I, the, I only manage the best. No, nobody's ever quit on me. The femdom Meanwhile, vibes Sand, continue to, can, continue Sandman to, just to, sits to go there, real hard. Smoking a cigarette. Just kind of hating well, everything. Like, he's like kneeled down too. Like, I, seriously, I'm not, I, you can't entirely convince me that woman didn't like spend her spend her her weeks like moonlighting as as a professional dominatrix because 
because she like she's making Sandman like she she is standing above him as she berates him in this like weirdly like self uh self satisfied tone uh quality motivation but also like maybe this is just an abusive relationship too like like this is, is like is the, it, could it be it, this to 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 get topical for a moment this is like the nineties version of like her Depp where like where they're they're both kind of like shit and 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 they each suck in their own special way and we get to see glimpses of both <laughs> and people were having hot debates about who was the <laughs> real abuser in oh, the God. in the woman in the woman sandman relationship oh dear uh of, of note is that i know that woman calls sandman mr man mr man I- yes First name Sand. Man. Last name Man. Yes, I love that. Short That's his legal name. Is Sandman. Please, please, Mister Man was my father. Call me Sand. <laughs> When Anakin Skywalker in episode two, he was talking about sand. He was talking about the Sandman. The Sandman. I hate sand. I mean, Sandman is is coarse, and he's pretty rough. He's coarse. He's 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 rough, and I mean, with with you know the fact that he likes to you know get his hands on you in the ring and really and really put he can't say he gets everywhere. Yep. Yeah, Anakin Skywalker, big fan of of early ECW. Big Tommy Dreamer guy, Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Big Tommy Dreamer guy, Anakin. You know what? That would explain... That 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 would explain his uh similar level of like respect for other women um as, as Tommy Dreamer like he see he sees he sees like members of of the empire being like 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 harassing like women on 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 planets that they pillage and then he goes on to do interviews he's like yeah. I really see nothing wrong with this. He's uh yeah you know I know I know I know I have a ponytail. You know I have a ponytail on under this helmet. You know that's so that people will get offended at that. Am I a ponytail? Get, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're just they're just they're just having fun out there. The the Tatooine women weren't doing anything that they that they didn't already ask for. You know? Yeah, you know. He's, he's, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm. Tom. <laughs> Darth Vader ant is a big anti cancel culture guy. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. I man. Man. We could. Man. We say some weird shit on this. Yeah. I, oh dear. How do I? How do I sell this this podcast to anybody? <laughs> we, this is this is our marketing strategy. I was about to say like this is this is why no one listens to us, but also like this is our best fucking show. Oh no. Wait, I just realized we're we're Vince Russoing our podcast, Austin. We're trying to get the channel flippers to, to like hear us say some random weird shit at any random time and be like, huh, this seems interesting. Oh god. Oh All right, no. okay. If we're gonna sell out our podcast, I already know how to do this because if I've learned anything from Eric Bischoff, 
profits that controversy creates cash. So, okay. So actually AEW sucks. No, 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 no. We need, we need to, we need to take a book. Like we, we need to, we need to go holistic on Bischoff's approach and start projecting our own failures onto other wrestling podcasts and be like, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, that deadlocked is too dry, uh, because they, because they, because they, they're not growing their audience. I think, I think, I think deadlock just, uh, just recaps the whole episode of what they watch and just like kind of riffs on it throughout. And like, that's your main problem, you know, as a wrestling podcast, like, like imagine what an idiot you have to be to like, to like run your podcast that way. You know, couldn't, couldn't be us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, back on topic is oh my god, we haven't gotten this off. Topic on topic doesn't exist on this fucking show, dude. Pretty rough. Uh so I had to step away for for the beginning of this match, which I which and I came back to Tommy Dreamer having a piece of metal and stabbing Sandman in the cock with it. Yeah, so, okay. So so they so they, they they start off this match and you know Styles is like this is a no DQ match and yada 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 and Sandman of course has a kendo st- sorry sorry Singapore cane Singapore cane a Singapore kendo stick cane from from Singapore can whatever fuck uh and and you know he's like you can use weapons you can use whatever and Sandman's over here being like yeah I got my kendo stick back I bet Tommy Dreamer's real fucking scared of that and in waltzes Tommy Dreamer just casually carrying a broken off part of piece of car just and <laughs> and given Sandman like mine is bigger than yours eyes and Sandman's just kind of oh, like well oh. shit that's not a weapon. This is a weapon. Yeah, just casually carrying off like what looks like a broken off piece of like car door and and fender or something. I I don't know, but it's it's fucking it's fucking nuts. Um and what doubly cracked me up is that, you know, he and Sandman immediately start going at it and they they get to the outside of the ring and t- the first thing Tommy does with this car part is just like weekly lob it at the Sandman. Like, like they're on the outside and Tommy just kind of goes, yeah, and, and just kind of like lightly bogs Sandman, but Sandman sells it like a champ anyway. Uh, um, uh, but then, but then he starts actually going in on the, on the, the car, uh, the, the piece of car. He, he, they brawl on the outside a little bit more. They get Sandman back in ring. Tommy dreamer, like starts bending the fucking metal and sets it down on the ground like like lays sandman down and like bends part of the the like metal over sandman's neck with like the rest of the metal like as a fucking pillow below him like i i wasn't sure like or no not over his neck over his like forehead night it kind of looked like he was trying to make sandman bleed but then didn't whatever and then yeah yeah austin came back and he just nailed sandman in the dick with the with the with the giant piece of scrap metal because why the fuck not yeah, and he's like, do you want to quit? And Sandman says, no. Yeah. All right. So as, as one who consistently uh, complains about gimmick matches that make matches move sl- more less flow, less well than usual, it's what I talk about with last man standing matches. I talk about it with cage matches where the job mm-hmm. is to uh, escape the cage. It's a regular complaint that I have. And I and I I extend this complaint to I quit matches too for similar reasons. If you have is that you can rate is that the the flow of the match can get broken up by regularly having a referee just kind of step in the middle and be like, hey, do you want to quit? 
Yeah. Uh, to this match's credit, it did not feel as intrusive as I've seen other I Quit matches be. I would agree with that. I think I think that I think it flowed pretty well because they kind of kept mm-hmm. the action going as the yeah. like you can kind of see like Tommy setting up for another another spot as the mm-hmm. ref got in Sandman's face. I I will say what did crack me up was how kind of excited this ref seemed to be to to like get someone to say I quit. Like he's not a real. He's like, hey, hey, do you quit yet? Yeah. Hey, hey, do you, hey, do you, hey, do you hey, quit? You quit? Let's hey, go. hey, he's, he's, he's like like big big golden retriever energy on this ref. He okay. really wants somebody to quit. <laughs> did 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 he, did he quit yet? <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yep. Yeah. So so that so that that was happening. Um, and the, the I. I they 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 bring it back to the outside and Tommy keeps whooping Sandman's ass. Like this is a for the most part pretty fucking one-sided match. Tommy yeah. at one point grabs a fan's crutch. Oh yeah, I wrote fans. down quite a few. Let's just talk about that. Is that is that the match weapons-wise was pretty much entirely provided by the fans. Yes. Where mostly it was with chairs, both in both Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman took chairs from people, but also Fans would just hold up their chairs so that they so that the wrestlers could be thrown headfirst into them. Oh my god. No, because I, the see, ECW fans are lunatics. Yeah, no, we're talking we're we always talk about how like bloodthirsty the, the Lucha Underground uh, uh audience is. This one's up there. They're up there. I mean again, the they the fans of ECW, whereas like the Lucha Underground fans seem to be more of a passive bloodthirstiness of just like yeah, just like screaming their heads off for murder to happen. Yeah, credit where credit is due to ECW, they're active participants and they are very. <laughs> they pre- want in on the action. They are what 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 really cracks me up about ECW fans is that they're clearly very proud of the fact that they have all collectively figured out that hey, metal chairs are a pretty common wrestling. Uh, rest, wrestling weapon. We have metal chairs. Wait Bam! a minute. We like have they're... wrestling weapons. They're all very proud of that. Again, this is the our chairs will blot out the sun audience, right? They're very, yeah, they're very, like, they're all a bunch of sadists, and they are all proud of this fact. Yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. So, so yeah, they, they just offer up their chairs for Sandman to be fucking yeah, and thrown when, head first into, which is And great. when that's not enough, is they all one fan offers up his crutch yep. to Tommy Dreamer to hit Sandman with. And then another fan brought a frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> for Tommy Dreamer to use as a weapon. They came equipped. Came you know what? That's the magic of being like a grim gritty uh indie company like ECW, is they don't got no fucking metal detectors at the door. You can just bring whatever the hell you want. They can't af- they can't afford to regularly supply the weapons, so you're we're gonna need to have the fans bring Yeah, they, they very, rely they rely on like crowdsourcing weapons for the fans. It's BYO it's BYOW up in here. Paul Heyman's just over here, like, watching this, like, oh, thank fucking God people brought shit. Oh, I was really worried about that. I I, I kind of, I'm glad people brought a variety. I didn't want to just have to do chairs. True, true. Yeah, no, he's just, like, turning out his empty pockets, like, well, at least somebody, at least, at least somebody's willing to pay for some of this shit. Nah. But, yeah, the match is very one-sided for, for Dreamer, and I feel like that works, because yeah. it feels very cathartic. Of, yeah. I, think. I think that was what they were going for for this match. Is it was a cathartic moment for Dreamer to finally just 
destroy the Sandman for all this bullshit he's had to deal with. Yeah, no. I mean, th- this is... I think they, they kind of realize... And, and I, I would like... I, I wonder kind of when they realize they could have something really good on their hands with Tommy Dreamer as, like, top face becoming truly hardcore... Um, I would I would figure probably over the course of the storyline, considering the 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 lashes thing was intentionally designed true. for that. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. But I wonder like where like when they decided to even give him that push in the first place, right? Um, true. But but yeah, this is very clearly like kind of one of the culminations of this, right? With Tommy Dreamer just getting to after he's been dicked on by the Sandman for weeks and weeks and weeks finally just gets all of his revenge much to the crowd's absolute delight like you've made the crowd feel for tommy you've made them respect the fuck out of tommy and now they're all in on just letting him murderize whoever the hell he wants to starting with the motherfucker who's been making him hurt for the past little while and i mean that's that's yeah that's just classic successful wrestling booking really yeah no i mean it's that that's the magic of wrestling booking is like the the way wrestling booking works is like sometimes the 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 arcs can be kind of so simplistic in in kind of what they're presenting story wise. Like if you plot them out, it's very like I don't even I don't necessarily want to call it like paint by numbers, but very like mm-hmm. this happens and this happens and this happens. One directly leads into the other. It's very uh, it's very clear to see. There's no ambiguity whatsoever. Yeah. But but goddamn, it's I mean I say this all the time about what makes wrestling so magical as an art form is like it's so visceral that it that it works right mm-hmm. like like this is just an art form that that suckers you into wanting to see somebody else somebody really hurt somebody else and they really successfully did that with did that with tommy dreamer here mm-hmm. he's just kicking the shit out of sandman and honestly even for me who's only been watching this for three episodes now it felt really fucking good yeah oh yeah and obviously they do let sandman have his time to have have the uh, on offense to build back up to Tommy getting another comeback. Uh, I made note that a Sandman went for like three elbow drops in a row, and whew, uh, yeah. my man is not athletic enough to be doing top rope moves. Fucking Joey Styles, like he got to the top turnbuckle like a cat, and then you see Sandman fly off the top rope in the in the pose of a like flailing. Uh, uncoordinated orangutan. Yeah, he's like much respect to the Sandman. No, like, he has I, the same I, I, I athletic. He has the same kind of athletic build as me, and he's out here trying to do like top rope moves, and he looks. It looks very bad. It's not, you know, again, credit where credit is due, because like you don't imagine that Sandman would be the top rope kind of guy at all. But damn, if he didn't, he's make going it work. for it, and I can respect it. But ooh. Uh, Ouch. Owie. Uh, at one point, Tommy Dreamer, uh, he gets a, a big moment in the match. Is Tommy Dreamer gets a steel chair and he puts Sandman in a pile driver and pile drives him onto the chair. And when the ref goes to ask Sandman if he wants to quit, he basically has to be woken up. Like they sell it yeah. that he got like knocked unconscious and all he can do is scream in pain when, when Dreamer does wake him up. He can't say, even say I quit. So what I'm hearing is that Dreamer's just fucking kill me strategy actually legit would have worked. 
It would have, but unfortunately, Sandman is able to get the upper hand again, and this time he hits Tommy Dreamer for the for a pile driver, and yeah, he yeah. hold and to kind of show off, he holds Dreamer in the pile driver position and faces each side of the ring until he eventually hit gets to the round of the hard cam. Yeah, no, no. We see that and Austin goes, "Hey, hey, Sandman, hard, hard cam," and then he he turns a little bit. Because uh, because his back is facing the hard cam, then he yeah. he turns to his right, and we're like, hey hey hard cam, and then he, tur- then he turns then he hard cam, we're like, hey, and then he hits it, so it's like, yeah, hey, you good job, you did it, you you, you got you got there eventually, buddy. Yeah, you, you unfortunately, got this isn't enough to put down Tommy Dreamer, and so Sandman goes and gets his cigarette, and he lights it, and then he decides, I'm a pile drive you a second time. However, this also isn't enough. So he just is like wailing into Dreamer, trying to make him quit. And then yep. Tommy, and then here is the big turning point of the whole match and you know, storyline. Because, be because, let, because, let, because let me just say, Sandman like fucking lights up, and, and Styles even calls it this his victory cigarette. And I'm like, man, that's so that one's a little premature, is it? Not a not a good portent. Oh, it's a something already. It's it's not just premature. Oh yeah, no. Well, but Tommy Dream. What happens is Tommy Dreamer punches back at the Sandman and knocks the cigarette into his eye, which means we can officially say, if I had a nickel for every time on this podcast we watched an episode where somebody got their eye burned out, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's crazy that it's happened twice. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I literally was like, man, the crew's over here, like taking notes. Like I'm imagining, like I'm imagining the crew, like, you know, 20 years younger. They're all like childhood friends. They're all sitting around watching ECW and they're like, write that down, write that down. We're going to remember that one. We, the crew will remember this. Yes. So the bur- he burns his eye with the cigarette and after the and while he's writhing on the ground in pain, woman comes in with the cane to try to interfere. Dreamer takes the cane out of her hands and then he just swings at at, at Sandman in the face and the way that Joey Styles tells it is he hits the other eye with the cane. Oh my god. That's the way Joey sold it. And this, after this, that knocks Sandman down, and that is what causes him to say he quits. Yeah. And now, after the match, we get, like, everybody, like, Sandman is bleeding out of this eye. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's yeah, like they, they, it's a, and it's a, like a lot of blood that they that they show on like a thing too. I was like, yeah, I this was is like, a, yeah, this is everybody is freaking out about this. You got the medical personnel running down in here. You got um, Todd Gordon comes out to try to check on him. Tommy Dreamer is like, we'll get to it, but he is concerned as well. And like everybody is coming down to be worried about the Sandman. That is the answer to the twist: is that who went to the hospital? It was the Sandman. Yeah, I probably should have seen that coming, like, if I was really thinking about the storyline as it were. Because I thought, like, you know, I wonder who's in the hospital. It's Tommy Dreamer. He took it to the extreme. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I because I heard, like, someone finally took it to the extreme. And I'm like, oh, that means Tommy Dreamer's in the hospital because he went super hard in the match and ended up having to, to get hospitalized. Because that's the whole point of the arc is that he's taking it to the extreme and he'll do anything to win. I did. I 
probably should have seen it coming that Tommy Dreamer is not, and if he's going to get this massive push, it's not going to be the one who's going to get put away and super injured forever. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, like kind of even with that perspective, like, huh, that should have been obvious. That is kind of a clever twist to that. Cause I, yeah. I, I have to, I, I imagine a lot of people might've had that thought of like, huh, that might, that might be Tommy dreamer who got sent. I to hope Tommy's hospital. all right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you, you, we're just sitting here waiting for the inevitable. And then Tommy fucking burns out Sandman's eye. And you're like, well, shit. Oh, how the turntables, how the table turns indeed. And I, I, I almost hate to give it, give it away, given what the storyline was going for, but I feel like I should, it's been like 20 years, uh, 30 years actually. Now that I think of time, time is the nineties were 10 years ago, right? That's how that works. Oh yeah. Yep. That's totally. Anyway, anyway, so if last week was kind of most notable for the shooty shoot of Shane Douglas telling the NWA to kiss his ass fuck itself. This week it has the work shoot of this ang- of this uh of this uh eye injury. And by what I mean by that is they try really hard to kind of make this feel seem like a real injury. Like yeah. the way they like it's it's all storyline to be clear. He is not actually blinded. It should, but they are playing this off as if like a real actual injury happened and like people are breaking kayfabe because somebody actually lost a fucking eye yeah no and that I was mean, what they were going for this i well that's funny because i like after this you know we'll obviously get a little bit more in detail in a, in a second but like after this they go and have just like a long protracted like set of shots of of Sandman just getting tended to by EMS and like everyone crying around him and Todd Gordon finally noticing the camera and being like, get the fuck out of here. And like it had vibes of the the backstage brawl for the for the NWA or the I NWO. also I also thought reminded me of the hot of the uh the back lot fight at Disney where they yep. jumped everybody. Yeah, Same no. long waits for the e for the hospital for the ambulance too. Yeah, so, uh, I don't. I don't think it was as egregious, but still. No. Um, but yeah, no. I which fuck. This would have been after, um, WCW did that, right? Well before that was ninety six. Well this is ninety four. Oh, oh NWO's ninety six. NW or ECW did it first. What the fuck? Yep. That's as how nuts. as how it goes for many things in the nineties. ECW did it first. Oh shit! Damn, I guess they were the fucking pioneer. I so so also Eric Bischoff is over here being like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> oh, definitely. But God damn. Well, yeah, yeah I brilliant that even more yeah. brilliant that that because like I guess work shoots like that, especially like around the breaking of kayfabe, like even two years prior to when WCW did it, probably would have been even more murky. So that's. Fuck. Yeah, they're like it's the it's absolutely the perfect time period to kind of like try to trick even the people who know it's fake, which is absolutely the kind of people who were watching ECW. You know, they had a hardcore audience. Yeah, they would know. They would they they know what's up here. The huge uh, nerds, right? Yeah, the huge nerds. They know what's going on. But yeah, I think this is the perfect era of time to be able to kind of do this kind of storyline and story beat and kind of maybe even convince people this is real. Mm-hmm. 
I think I, I bring up all this work shoot stuff to kind of as a way to compliment how I thought it did a really good job at, at that element of it. I would, I would agree. Feeling like a real thing is going on, not just a fake wrestling injury. I would agree. And like, I, I did praise, I, you know, I, I know we, I know you and I disagree on this, like, but I, I praised like how long and protracted the back, the backlot stuff was for the NWO because like them just continually focusing on it, like helped drive home how real it felt this being done first and a little earlier when this would have been even more murky, it has the benefit of not needing to linger on that for super long to kind of fuck with the audience on that. one. Yeah. Like the um, fact that the fact that it's like you have stuff like Todd Gordon telling the cameras to go away, or you have like Tommy dreamer, let's just go ahead and go into like what actually what kind of happens backstage absolutely. and to talk about this is that like, we go backstage and woman is having to be restrained because she's just going off on Tommy Dreamer for for, the, for this. And Tommy Dreamer, to his credit, is like he is apologizing and he's like, "I didn't mean to. I wasn't. Yep. I wasn't trying to do that. I'm sorry." And like, but she's freaking out. At one point, somebody calls her Nancy, and I was like, "Whoa." Oh shit! I didn't even was, catch that. It wasn't a big moment, no. But at one, but somebody just in the background calls her nancy honestly that being subtle like adds to it though mm-hmm. fuck yeah it's stuff like that it gives really does it really gives off this impression of like oh shit something that wasn't meant to happen happened yeah and ecw are just a bunch of carny fucks who decided to film it for content yeah and and they and credit where credit is due too like everyone acted it well like nothing felt ham-fisted or forced or anything no Todd it Gordon felt, it felt like it, it did feel pretty real. Like t- Tommy dreamer felt a per- apologetic, like woman, like you're supposed to believe that they are like, like if this, if we're supposed to pretend this is out of kayfabe, this is all happening. Like they worked, she works together with Sandman. So she would, I would assume she would care if like to- Sandman's eye got burnt out. Yeah. Now the question is like, you know, they work shoot this shit. Is that going to have an effect on how woman treats Sandman going forward? Like, are they well, going to carry I, it forward I, to be like to be like woman being like just it pissed at pissed at Tommy and being completely sympathetic to her man TM, or is she going to be very fair and balanced TM about C and R? C C and R. Pardon me. Uh, t- to Sandman about like. <laughs> How could you? How could you let him do this to you? Must I do everything myself around here? You absolute mm-hmm. failure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess we'll see woman doing that. I guess like, we'll see because we have a couple more episodes of this out. to go. Yeah, loser. Well, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But um, Todd Gordon is like you say he's he's like sanding over uh Sandman who's got they have like his eye like all like towed up and it's bleeding to kind of hide the fact hide his eye. Mm-hmm. And you got Todd Gordon be like, "Don't worry, brother. We're gonna host the ambulance here. Be real soon. Oh, you just just hang. You you stay awake. You don't fall asleep now." And at some point, he notices the cameras are filming, and it's like, if it kind of funny, he somehow didn't notice that. Like I know. they've been here the whole time, and they're getting real close. I'm pretty but, sure he like he like pushed past them to get to Tom. I thought he like I'm pretty sure he arrived like later on the scene mm-hmm. uh uh and then and and then like notice it but like did you not see them there already whatever 
Don't think about it too hard. Whatever. It's and then they're like, it's, they're like, you got the whole people. Like the camera crew is still trying to film stuff. But then you get like a series of people between like Todd Gordon. You got mm-hmm. one of the wrestlers. I didn't get a good glimpse of who did it. And then like the referees, they're like pushing their camera back. Like, hey, get out of here! Get out of here! They're like, they're like literally taking their hands and covering the camera as if they're trying to actually stop these people from filming. Yeah. Uh, he. He really, um, he he really tries to to play it off as this is not something that needs to be filmed. Now, of course, they still put it to air again. Carney fucks, but Car- like, yeah, but they are trying to to create the idea that like this is a real thing going on right now. This isn't some storyline bullshit. So like, mm-hmm. get the cameras out of here. Which I don't even think WCW fully did when they did the. No, they, they brawl. no they they did not do that when the in the backlot brawl they never were like hey dudes this is like real shit get the cameras out of here yeah no so I yeah and, and and the the thing is doing that so soon after you did a real honest to god shootity shoot on your show like mm-hmm. again great little way to blur the lines this is a brilliant spot right here and and like. You know, it was far from like the greatest all timer match you've ever seen, but like the story implications mm-hmm. of all of this were were phenomenal. Yeah, this is um, this is we're we're kind of at the second half of this storyline when you really of like because the first arguably the first half is the very simplistic like Tommy Dreamer came to help Tommy Cairo say, got in Sandman's way and then they're just beating the shit out of each other for a while. They got the cane <laughs> thing. And this is the big culmination of that. And the, and the match primarily was a culmination of that bit of Tommy Dreamer getting revenge. But the match ends setting up the next beat of the story. Sandman got his eye burnt off in the middle now. And now Tommy's like, I shit, I didn't mean to. Yeah. But really, this is the only way that like, this feels like the most appropriate way for like an e- a w, or sorry, an ECW blood feud to like, culminate is someone mm. getting honest to god legitimately super hurt um and you know you play it, it's it's still a work at the end of the day but like playing it as like this is kind of like the end or at least an end like a a, a benchmark point of this feud mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for this specific company it's the kind of thing that 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 you know this only this company would like really think to go to at the time i think and yeah, yeah. again credit credit we're credit is due to paul Heyman. man was a man's a fucking creative good genius shit. when it comes to this stuff yeah good shit and so joey style kind of joey style signs us off from the hospital he mentions it basically he explains what the injury is said to be and the mm-hmm. injury is it said that sandman one of sandman's eyes is swollen shut presumably the one that got hit with the cane uh because the other one is said to have been torn off and he is not sure how deep the injury. He is not sure how deep the eye injury goes, whether it goes down to like the cornea or like anything like deep, deep in the eye. He just knows that like the 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 um like the the skin front of the eye is burnt off. And also, and, and to keep credit to that is that is like just the right amount of realistic if we're going to talk about these injury. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's realistic to like. I got my eye burnt by a cigarette, but it's not so extreme and ridiculous that you could, that you could, that it would be like, yeah, okay, this is definitely fake. Yeah. And that like you, and that you have to find some way to like carry that forward with like giving one of your workers a kayfabe, like major impediment 
just he's gonna wrestle with an eye pass the rest of his life. Just the rest of his fucking career. No, it's 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 a it's an obviously serious injury getting your yep. eyelid burnt off. Yeah, but it's not like it's not so clearly extreme and would be career threatening that you would have to you that it's easy to be like okay yes this is all fake. Yeah, imagine this them. Is, imagine. Imagine ECW in the 90s handling medical realism for this shit better than the fucking fake EMT from the May Young birth in 2000. Like, <laughs> hey, man, that was a heck of a time. Clearly. Cle- May, Young gay, May Young, a geriatric woman giving birth in a solid, like, 10 minutes. Well, even, even just, like, the EMT being like, she's not going to make it to the hospital. Blah, 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 blah. Like... Like it's so, how do you know that? More, I was, I said then, how would you know that? Like like that childbirth, which is you know a far more common thing to happen. Like that was that was so much less like legit, and, like like that felt so much less like medically legit at all than the the like pseudoscience they pulled out of their ass for the uh for for the for the uh, eye getting burnt out. Like goddamn, yeah. ECW just really does it. Just does it all better, huh? ECW just built different. Just built fucking different. So yeah, that that is we're again. This is the halfway point of this arc. We got two episodes left on this arc. Uh, If if the eye burnt off thing didn't happen, we could arguably end it right here. Could have ended on this match, but haha, we still got another leg to go. There is fallout to be had. Oh. Overall, the episode was pretty thin on content. Yeah, because well. I think, I mean, that happens sometimes in ECW. Yeah. It's, it's one of those... the, we, we managed to push the back half to an hour. I'm fucking impressed with us. Uh, yeah, like I talk, I, I've talked about it before. Is that it's just the way ECW was structured, television wise, is they have to push a lot of their own. Like, there's only so much content they can afford to make, so they have to stretch sometimes. Yeah, and like. If if I had been watching at the time, like I'm not, I probably wouldn't be bugged by it. But it's only really a problem thirty years later watching this in like in like a binge form that I like see how thin this content is, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, no. See, I feel like I would be kind of like if this was my like weekly weekly wrestling, I'd be kind of bugged by the fact that like. I just have to spend half the time, like, once a week just watching recap of shit I've already seen for the past several mm-hmm. months. But, you know, the, the, they're, they're slowly improving. They're they're showing fucking, like, they're they're showing cards on the on on the show, like, pr- promoting yeah. cards, both present and future. So, you know, the, the, they, they got more and more to, to build up to from here. It's just going to take a hot second. Yeah. So, that is it. For this episode of ECW Hardcore TV, and but next time on our podcast, we shall return to Lucha Underground, yeah. as as uh, we will now we'll, uh, we've re- we're going to reach another milestone episode of season one that people always hype up, uh, and it's a little bit this is a little bit of spoilers to mention it because they don't I haven't brought it up on EC on uh, Lucha Underground TV before, but I think it's fine to go ahead and say it is that. We will be watching uh, Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma for the A for the Lucha Underground Championship in an all night long match. 
Oh, shit. That's going to be dope. Yep, it is. Uh, but until then, as for next time, until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Uh, thank you so much for being here. If you're a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you. You know, you know, you know the drill. Thank you for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, eyeballs, whatever it is it is you use to consume our content. We're just delighted to have you here. You you know how it is. First time listeners, viewers, what have you? Hi, how you doing? Welcome. We are so delighted to have you here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to this whole wrestling thing or a veteran of the wild wacky world of wrestling tm uh either way we hope you've had a great time here we we hope you 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 want to cup come back continually to have a good time more and more with the fuck words please please come back and, and consume our show more if you and like- they're gone <laughs> If you would like to continue to join us week after week and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode. Give us that sweet, sweet interaction. Uh, add us to your playlist or check out our playlist. Uh, Austin has been kind enough to organize all of the like arcs and errors and storylines that we follow into their own separate playlist. So if you want to like follow a specific thing, you can check those out without having to do a whole lot of jumping around. And hey, on our more recent episodes, you can actually like see our lovely faces and our brand new HUD and all the, the little visual gags that we hide in here for the people who who bother to to look at us you know this this week i this week i flop around like like sandman off the top rope yes yes it was it was beautiful audio only listeners you know just saying you might not you you might you might want to you know consider checking out what you're missing out on anyway um but regardless if you are regardless uh stickler for the audio only version we perfectly understand you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast and that would be spotify google and apple Podcasts. come check us out there give us those listens and downloads and ratings and reviews we appreciate it all um come listen to us there noobs and knockouts podcast and spotify google and apple podcast and then of course uh past that we have kind of our social media if you want to get in more direct contact with us uh first of all first and foremost is our twitter we are at noobs and knocks pod on twitter that's noobs the letter n knocks pod on twitter come check us out there we're you know we're doing all the twitter stuff discourse and memes and we post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on and of course the highlight of our twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting my friend what is on the docket coming up yep so aew dynamite every single week 8 p.m eastern on tbs on wednesday nights you know what that means is consistently me and david both watch aew live so we're one of at least one of us usually live tweeting uh dynamite uh, but in addition to that, uh, I will keep up with AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, when I get an opportunity, I will, be, I will live tweet those. So upcoming on that is AEW is double or nothing. Their three-year anniversary pay-per-view. So uh, and, and so far, we got quite a few good matches on that card. We got Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk for the AEW world title. Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa for the Women's World Championship. The Men's Owen Hart Cup and Women's Owen Hart Cup Tournament Finals. And of course, already announced for the pre-show will be Hookhausen, the best gay wrestling couple going today versus Tony Nese and Tony Nese's lawyer, smart Mark Sterling. (laughs) Yes! 
<laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> Gonna be going. That is on. That is May 29th. Uh, on June 5th for WWE, we have Hell in a Cell or uh, the TV appropriate, the TV PG appropriate name, of course. Heck, Heck in a in sec. A sec. My uh, we, we have, in fact, no matches yet announced for Hell in a Cell. So, all horses on that one. Uh, and then on June 19th is Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, their 20th anniversary show. We already are set to have Josh Alexander, the current Impact World Champion, one of the best wrestlers in the world today, taking on Eric Young, an Impact original. We've seen him on this show already. Ooh. We also have an Ultimate X match in the end, Impact X Division match, yeah. uh, and the very first ever Queen of the Mountain match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Now, uh, the Queen of the Mountain match is a name of the King of the Mountain match. All right, here is how the King of the Mountain match works. Are you ready for this? I'm very excited to get to talk about this on, on air. This was an invent. I believe Jeff Jarrett came up with this concept. Or at least okay. he dominated it. So basically, you get a bunch five wrestlers in a match. Uh, it is a ladder match, except you're not immediately able to win the ladder match. You have to become eligible to win. And you become eligible to win by pinning or, or submitting another wrestler in the match. And like, okay. And after if you've been pinned or submitted, you have to sit in the penalty box for two minutes. Before you can come back in the match. So it's a ladder match where you first have to pin somebody to win. And if you get pinned at some point, you have to sit in a box for two minutes. What the fuck? King of the mountain. So wild. It is nuts. That's, that's kind of dope, honestly. But this is the first ever version with women in it, so it'll be Queen of the Mountain. And I'm sure other matches will be announced as time goes on. Hell yeah, so be sure to check all that out. It's a great time over on the Twitter. You know, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, then you somehow find Austin and me entertaining enough to consume wrestling with. And, you know, we carry that over there. We're Austin, Austin and I, we, we do our shit posting and our analysis mm. and our whatever else. Just come hang out with us over there. It's a great time. Of course, for the super direct contact with us to have more long-form discussion, as it were, you can hit us up at our email address. We have an email address at uh, uh, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Give us input on the show. Things you like, don't like, want to see more of, less of. Requests for any kind of like wrestling media or arcs or anything you want us to check out. Uh, we're more than happy to to listen to those or, you know, come yell at us for our hot takes or tell us how fucking brilliant our insights are or how our dulcet tones lull you to sleep every night. Yada, yada. You know the drill. Come, just come say hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockouts pod at Gmail. Dot com. And finally, of course, there's our Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. And very exciting, we have our first-ever patron to shout-out over on the Patreon. Ah, oh, oh dear. Shout-out to our to our one-tier friend of the show, uh, Sugar Daddy Kyle Smith, for subscribing. We appreciate you uh, so did much. Did he tell you to say that, too? <laughs> or you no, come that, up with that, that one on your own. That, that was the, that was the name he put on the Patreon. 
of course it is. So thank, thank you, thank you so much, uh, friend of the show, Kyle. Uh, we I'm not calling him first. Sugar Daddy. That you're gonna, you're gonna have to take that one yourself. Uh, th- th- hey, that's why, that's why I do the plugs, my man. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoy your perks, my man. And hey, if you want to enjoy your perks along with our friend Kyle, come, come check us out on that Patreon. Until then, <sighs> catch you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Hasta luego.